Here's an oldie but goodie. Hello, everybody. This is another episode of Retro Relevance, which is an extension of Janet Down Radio, where we re-release an old episode and make it new again because of one reason or another. I think it was it's relevant today. In this case, it's relevant to the last episode I released, episode 195, where this is this episode 133 that I'm releasing here on Retro Relevance is the original one, which is called Woke Hollywood and Culture Morphing, part of the Television Vision series. And this one is, uh, you know, going into a lot of the programming you see in your movies and TV shows and the manipulation and why the manipulation is happening. So um, this is the beginning of that, and the last episode I put out, 195, is the sequel to it. So I thought it would couple it nicely because it's kind of just... Uh, the same stuff, just a little more modern extension in 195. This is a fan favorite. People loved it when it came out, and I'm glad to re-release it. And this happened, actually, I recorded this one on uh, January of 2020. It was I think it was the first episode I did of 2020. And I say in it something like, I don't know what's going to happen this year, but uh, we'll see. I have no idea. And I had no idea, as many of us had no idea, that COVID was coming. You know, we had no idea what was going to, what, what was afoot, but we knew something was up, but yeah, well, now we know. But I uh, hope you enjoy episode 133, re-released. I think a lot of people did, and it really is relevant to now, because all this programming is still happening, if not more ramped up in our movies and TV shows, ruining our viewing time. You know, you can still enjoy a movie, you can still enjoy a, a, a good show, but uh, the thing is, there is a lot of manipulation on the subconscious level in what we're seeing. So, enjoy this on another uh, retro-relevance uh, part of this podcast feed, and stick around for more new episodes I'll be releasing here and there. Much love. Chat it down. Chant It Down Radio is coming to you live from the Hawaiian Islands, coming from the perspective of complete freedom, coming from wisdom outside the system, and then some. This is the mouthpiece of the natural earth forgotten. At this point in time, humanity's been kept from the truth, so Chant It Down Radio offers the coordinates to a path out. You're searching for something whole, cause what you see real life, you're watching this world unfold, the truth beneath the lies, rekindling what's been stole, the need to free one's mind, uncover the truth exposed, so people see the light, let's shut it down so we can know, it's simple, we just break it down a little bit so we can process all, make the switch and elevate yourself to conscious mode, and it's benefit so we can get this kind of road, and get the future Generators want to start the whole thing With the message demonstrated, we can start a post Taking in the simulating, getting lots of numbers Waking up the population, try to stop hypnosis Welcome to Chanet Down Radio. I'm your host, Loomis. ChanetDownRadio.com is the website. This is episode 133 of Chanet Down Radio, Woke Hollywood and Culture Morphing. This is part 11 of the Tell Live Vision Vision series. Well, I think you've noticed that watching many of your favorite movies over the years now, and you can't help but to see programming being pushed harder than ever. Programming that you can obviously identify whether you know the information I'm about to relay or not. So, this is all about that. And this is an important series of shows that you should start from the very beginning. Tell Live Vision Vision series is a mini-series within this radio show, Chanet Down Radio. The only way you're going to understand that is by going to the website, ChanetDownRadio.com, and that way you can go to the series of shows page and and listen to each one and go down until you come up to this one, part 11. That way you can get the basis of the programming that's been coming to you from this Tell Live Vision and all the Hollywood controllers for a long time. Well, this is 2020 and it's time to get prepared for the culture creation coming to you 
it's consciously and unconsciously that you can spot because it's time to be aware. And on the other side, I'll share with you a few more things because of the new decade and Channel Down Radio will just continue on the path we've been going on. Anyway, enjoy the show, and I'll see you on the other side. All right, well, welcome to 2020. This is the first broadcast of the year, a little late in the year, but man, better late than never. And this show is Woke Hollywood and Culture Morphing. And so today I'm going to talk about some things that uh, will be sensitive to certain listeners, and well, that's normal on Channel Down Radio. So I don't think that anyone is going to be too more offended than what I've already said on previous shows. But this one is to do with the television vision series and our programming. It's very important. And it's becoming apparent to anyone watching popular culture these days that our favorite TV shows and movies have major agendas at hand. To where an average viewer sees it. It's no longer just this this background subconscious thing. It's actually happening. And one thing that, that you might not know about me is that I have a love for film. Uh, a good movie to me can be as satisfying as eating a good meal. Uh, and I've always enjoyed entertainment. Maybe it's a weak spot of mine as well. But uh, having uh, your attention on... The details of the manipulation can help you to not fall for the subtleties that are being pushed toward you. But um, I grew up near a video store. Yes, when video stores existed, when you could rent movies and have a great selection. And this video store was run by movie nerds. They, They would get the rare, unheard of titles. And I developed a good taste of movies because of a, a video store that went out of their way to get things and expose me to stuff I wouldn't have got exposed to otherwise. So I feel thankful for that uh, um, part of my upbringing, you know, and I love entertainment. And so, yes, I have a weak spot for it, but I think that watching mind-stimulating material is one of the better pastimes of our lockdown lives. The problem is, is it's weaponized, especially nowadays, and we have to be aware of that. So what I've been doing is I've been busy uh, studying movies in pop culture for the last year or so, mainly mainly just popular shows and movies, and realizing more and more that this deserves another tell-lie Vision Visions episode, and I feel that um, I've sort of kind of been doing a study at the same time enjoying myself, so it wasn't hard, but, you know, keeping that, that, that eye open for the programming and my radar up, and there's a few reasons I've been doing this. Uh, number one, I wanted to see what everyone else is watching and digesting. I wanted to stay abreast with the pulse of the population, because often I don't, as someone who chants it down and fully detaches from this this world quite often I don't really go on the stri- the mainstreams of what people are on but um because of the of me kind of falling behind at times I've decided to you know stay abreast especially in these times so that's one reason another reason because we sw- we've switched to a new decade and I wanted to see the pre-programming that's being pushed out because a new decade brings n- in new ways uh since the inception of television, look how defined each decade is. And that's not a natural thing by any means. Look at, look at how defined and different the 50s are from the 60s, and then the 60s are from the 70s, and the 70s are from the 80s and the 90s. And, you know, and I, I have to admit, though, that the post-9-11 last two decades are, are sort of hard to distinguish to me. I've, I've been busy raising kids and, um, you know, busy with adult life, so yeah, I don't pay as much attention, but more so, I, I, do, I define the last two decades more with technology than I do with, say, um, defined styles and colors like the, uh, the decades of the 1900s, but yeah, so that's an, uh, another reason I've been, I've been doing this study is 
to see when we switch to a new decade what they're preparing us for. And, and then another reason is you can't watch any major movie or show without very noticeable programming inserting in now. So, so I have to talk about it. It's just it's, it's been in the back of my mind for a long time, and it's finally something that I have to talk It's kind of like I've been holding a sneeze inside, trying not to sneeze, and finally it's going to have to happen. So that's what I'm doing here. So taking a look at the most popular movies and shows as of late, I noticed the constant unnatural push of neo-feminism, homosexuality, and identity politics in almost everything. And when it's not natural, it sets off my radar. And honestly, there's there's so much to talk about just in general with media manipulation. There's not enough said. This television vision series can go on and on, and it will because there's this never an end to covering how much manipulation goes into our lives. But before I get into that, tradition as... Uh, in the fat in the past few every other year, is that um, I've been giving out my uh, Star Wars reviews, and, uh, and since they've been coming out with the um, since Disney's owned Dis- the Star Wars franchise, I've been giving my reviews at least with this sequel trilogy. And a fan of the show asked me uh, two movies in a row, and now that the sequel trilogy is, is complete. It's time to give my review, and we'll start from there, because this is a perfect segue to what I want to talk about today. So yeah, the Star Wars review, I mean, this trilogy, as soon as Disney bought it, I knew it was it was a big deal, and it wasn't just for our future entertainment and, and to give us more of what we love, you know. I knew there was something in it, and that's why the fan of the show asked me years ago to see what I could see within these these movies. And so with, with this latest one, um, and, and just by the way, uh, if you want to get my other reviews, I would have to dig in the archives, and I don't have that readily available, but I'm, I know that the my review for The Last Jedi was in was it episode 102, and I honestly can't remember the other episode that I had the other review on, but... Um, maybe I can, um, it'll come to me as I talk here, but anyway, I only saw the, the latest one, which is The Rise of Skywalker, I only saw it once, but clearly this, this, this whole trilogy is a mess. I've never seen such bad writing become passable in Hollywood, as far as, you know, uh, the, uh, a huge property of Star Wars. These are, these are multi-million dollar films, and we get plot holes galore, and why would Hollywood let movies of this size come out such a mess and almost act like their fans don't matter in the case of The Last Jedi, just like basically slapping the old school fans across the face? Um, as far as the, this movie goes, The Rise of Skywalker, I like this movie better than The Last Jedi, but it's still, it's, it's not good. It's not, it's not my, uh, um, you know, it's not great. Definitely not at all. Uh, for one thing, in, in this whole trilogy as a whole, just kind of wrapping it up, is you don't really get invested in the characters because they don't give you much time to get to know them, for one thing, and they just don't have all the character traits that a proper character setup should have. These are people that are like, they're, they're, they're missing the, the sp- maybe the spunk and they're missing the the sort of the the draw and the and the uniqueness. I you know Ray is is boring. She's not a character uh, that is has a lot to offer. I mean she's dull and she she seems to get everything without trying. And there's not a lot of humility there. Yeah, she started out as this poor girl living in this crash or. Uh, was it an overturned uh, walker or something? But it doesn't matter because it just... She doesn't have... She maybe had humble upbringings, but she wasn't humble in the way of, of you know, she all of a sudden it's just gets these powers. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. And what, I, what I'm say, seeing with this trilogy is that they are replacing 
the archetype hero from the past, like Luke Skywalker, with this girl who is just better than anything Luke Skywalker ever did. And that's clear with more I'll share. I, I don't care so much that Rey is female. That doesn't matter to me. But the fact that Hollywood is doing this with everything lately is basically saying, without saying it, that girls can do it better. And it's so forced that it's really going to stick out later. When people look back at this time period, they're going to go, oh, yeah, that's so 2020 or 2016 period, you know? It is. And it's been pushed in so much. Um, see, what bothered me about this trilogy is Rey is too, too overpowerful. She, she's too overpowering. She, yet she lacks the process of training that we saw Luke Skywalker go through with Yoda. And, I mean, she hung out with grumpy old Luke Skywalker on an island with, with very little training for like a day, you know. And yet she is able to do incredible things with the Force. She's able to go and battle the Emperor with this, ti with this tiny nugget of training she's had. She's, and, and the, you know, th these movies showed me that they had nowhere near the training if you compare it to the Jedis in the prequels who were, you know, Jedis that trained from little kids into adulthood who have, you know, gone to a proper training school. Not even Luke Skywalker did that. So, you know, and then she goes against the Emperor who's, you know, been the, the baddie the whole time. Uh, it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. And, you know, maybe I was tired when I, when I watched, but less stood out to me as programming, like, little individual things, but more stood out that the way uh, they were just retconning everything fans hated about The Last Jedi. And I just felt like the, the movie was at war with itself in a trilogy. It, it, as a movie, it was just okay. It felt rushed. It was a rushed job. Um, you know, if I was to rate it, I would say two, two stars out of four, if that. And I think Star Wars really ended for me in 1983 with The Return of the Jedi. I mean, people are starting now to appreciate the prequels. They... And they still weren't good, except maybe maybe episode three was okay, you know. But they were flawed, and, and I guess I consider them canon, but to me, Star Wars was a time and a place. Star Wars happened in the 80s, and it happened with the special effects they had, and they should have kept it just the same, and it really maybe couldn't be, be duplicated, but you would think they could do a better job. Yeah, this new trilogy was at war with itself, and it's so apparent that they didn't have a plan. And how could such a huge, huge franchise with millions wrapped up in it have such a poor plan? We're, we're also supposed to believe, too, in all these, these things that happen in the movies. For example, we're supposed to believe that the Emperor survived the fall somehow in the Return of the Jedi down that shaft and exploded, you know, and that he's you know, back, that he is responsible for this First Order, and that Snoke, who was the, you know, main villain before in this trilogy, was just a clone he made, and it did, he didn't even matter, and that, you know, he's been behind the scenes the whole time, it's like, no, you need to put that in the very beginning of the first episode, and work your way through it, it's unbelievable, and they never even explained really how he survived, so, I mean, there was so much in the movie, and I could just keep going on and on, but this 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 uh, episode is about more than that. But with bad writing and forsaking the true fans of Star Wars with millions of dollars backing it, why would they create what they did? They can, they can get the best script writers in the world and the most brilliant directors if they needed to, and they didn't. And it's because it wasn't about so much all the things that we think of making a quality film because it's about the agenda and this agenda matters more and this agenda is in everything if you look now it's blatant um movies are really sucking these days no matter you know what people kind of do it just seems like you know a few good independent films are aren't so bad but there's not much originality and thought-provoking works coming out. And, and I think it's somewhat on purpose. You know, there's, there's little substance and stimulation, and, and it keeps the population in the same place. And the same can be said for our music these days. Things just aren't coming out 
as classics. And someone might say, well, all right, um, that's because we've, we've basically done everything and we have, you know, made all the ideas. And I, I would say that there is some of that, that we've, we've kind of like gone to a, a pinnacle of where we're create, there's not a lot of ideas left because there are, you know, millions of movies, but I also feel more so that, that, um, a lot of people aren't given the chance because Hollywood is such a big controlled thing that a lot of the little guys that would be good if they were given the chance to expand are not allowed to get in there. And so you have a lot of wasted potential. And so there would be better ideas if people weren't closed off, if Hollywood wasn't closed off. But Hollywood is closed off, and it's closed off because it's a controlled mechanism, completely controlled. But yeah, in movies, you know, our heroes suck these days. A lot of them are, are actually more so um, anti-heroes. Um, and they're not individualistic, but more, more of the same, and they, and they can't have flaws that this woke culture doesn't agree with. And so that's a, that's a really important thing as we're going to get into this here. I mean, hum, as viewers, we love messy heroes who, who screw up a lot and realize it, and they try again and fail again, but fail better. We don't want perfect people like Rey in Star Wars who just gets it and, and she's just, you know, the best of it all. No, we like that. We like that flawed and it's just it's just because we're all flawed and we can relate better, you know. And I also want to point out how our our watching of shows has become with streaming versus putting in a DVD or just watching regular TV. Um which, you know, regular TV is, is pretty awful, too. Don't get me wrong there. It's terrible. But um, you can watch a show that's really interesting on these streaming channels, and it keeps you wanting to see more. And, and so what, what the streaming service does is it continues the next show, you know, if you don't press stop, it continues the next show episode right after the one you just watched. And this creates binge-watching. And this is a, a really subtle way to get you in an unhealthy situation. I mean, you can waste hours binge-watching. Hey, I'm guilty of binge-watching, too. I've done it, and you you don't feel, like, really good after doing that. Um, but what the problem is, is you won't hardly remember what you watched. Uh, I binge-watched a few shows that I'm going to get into on this this uh, this episode, and, and I have to really think, you know, like, what did I see? This is this is where you can get you get sub um, they get you subconsciously and that and that's a good thing to watch out for. So this binge watching has created a culture of people that you know watch an entire season of show in in, in possibly one night and that is um, that is putting you in a complete alpha state to push in any of these suggestible things. Well, let's talk about what I'm seeing in this programming lately. So, it, it doesn't matter to me that a woman is the main character or hero in any film, but what matters is if it's well-written character, so we're not thinking, you know, about it, and it's not forced in neo-feminism. And that's the first thing that's that's um, coming in, which came in with, with um, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. I mean, who is actually asking for that? Are we asking, we want this, we want this neo-feminism in our movies? I mean, there, no, there's an agenda at hand. And, I mean, really, you can't see in a broader picture here, you can't see a show or movie these days without some push toward feminism or homosexual agendas, gender bending or identity politics and the put-down of the strong male character. With feminism... Starting with that, um, real feminism is for women's rights, such as the right to vote. Even though voting is completely a brainwashed, systemized thing to do, I mean, and you know, I always don't encourage it at all because it's it's bullshit. But you know, still the right to do so, just and for women, the the right to be treated treated equal, and 
and as, as a real human being, the same as anyone else. That's not too much to ask for. That's fine. Equal pay. And those are legitimate things that needed to be dealt with. And, and I believe they have been dealt with for the most part. But, but with the rest of feminism is being used by the elite to just divide more and more and make more fights between the sexes. And it, um, it is true that in all human societies, men largely control all the money, the politics, and uh, the prestige, and, and stuff like that. They do, but, but because they have to, it's kind of a thing in order to impress women. Women don't control these resources because they don't have to because what do they control? They often control men. You know, I've read things before like um, sometimes the, the man could be the head of a household, but the woman turns the neck of the, the man, you know, turns the head of the man. So, you know, women often have, um, you know, greater intuitions than men and um, they have, you know, uh, a lot of of unique, I want to say powers, but they have more access to things that men don't. So they don't really even feel the need to do these things naturally. But let's be real here. We have to be real. Men and women are different in nature, social programming or not. I mean, for truth, we have to go outside the system. We have to really look at things beyond this civilization we live in. Look at indigenous tribes. Um, Always the men were the, the hunters, the strong ones that went out because men are physically stronger. And the women stay with the children and they gathered, they helped out too, of course. But it has always traditionally been that way. And women can be strong, women can fight. But when it comes to men, there's no physical match. I'm, you know, sorry, but it's the truth. I mean, look at any sport. Look at look at um, any sport you you want, even even weightlifting. If you want to go there, uh, I think you know in my lifetime the first woman to bench press three hundred pounds happened. You know, and so and men have been you know, I, I don't know. I think seven or eight hundred is somewhere around the record. You know what I mean? So um, just just that. Um, so blame genetics, okay, or blame God, or blame the Anunnaki, or whatever whatever f- creation force you believe in, but it's just reality. So then why are we seeing the huge push for this women can do it better, more physical than men in this entertainment? Why are we seeing that? Well, let's go through a couple of the shows here. I watched Game of Thrones. Um, took a long time to watch that show. Uh, it was a good show. I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of tales from the, tales from the, uh, the medieval period times, but it was done well, and it definitely kept me going. I really enjoyed how they had, you know, it was a little confusing at first, there were so many groups of people, but it started to whittle down to smaller and smaller groups, and all these unconnected groups started to come together and become this, this, uh, um, you know, force against the, the, the dead coming back, and, and, um, you know, it, it really was, written well, it was good, except for the very end, which most people will agree with, but, but, um, what I noticed through watching Game of Thrones is what they pushed with certain female characters was female warriors in battle, and again, there's nothing that, that says that women cannot battle, um, be in battles, be knights, sure, but mainly what I'm seeing here is I'm thinking of the character Brienne, um, the big lady, I think she had a longer name, Brienne of something, but, you know, there's so many characters in that show, and I'm not undermining that a lady cannot be tough and fight, but she ends up taking out the big bearded character with the burned face, I, I forgot his name, and the big bearded character was basically unstoppable, you know, but they had to put that in, of uh, the, the, to put in the female being the male, they had to put it in, and, and they had to do that, because it's part of this programming, where you wouldn't really see that before, and now it has to be in there. Why does it have to be in there, you know? And that's one of the continual threads right now, is this, females have to win this, you know, and and it's all about um, promoting, you know, I I think some people think, oh, 
this just to show that everybody's equal. But no, it's actually a push beyond that to say that women can do it better. Ray can do it better than Luke Skywalker. And and you know, it's it's this this um it's this kind of uh it's drawing it's drawing a fight. It's what it is. And we've seen this a lot, you know. We've seen this with the newer Ghostbusters movie, Ghostbusters with all women cast. Nobody asked for it. Nobody really liked it. But Hollywood is again trying to say that well, let's just do it with women this time. And I never saw it. I don't care. And neither did everybody else. No one seemed to really care because it's not what people actually want. But they're pushing it anyway. Why are they pushing it? Uh, another one I did not see, and I didn't even want to, was Terminator Dark Fate. Because the Terminator series should have been buried a long time ago, alright? But see, I haven't seen it. I don't care about it. And as far as good movies, only the first two are canon to me. And I thought they were awesome. Another thing that I would say is a time and a place. And they didn't need to bring it back. It ends there. But anyway... This is a spoiler, but I'm putting in spoilers pretty much everywhere, so um, if you haven't seen these things, I'm not going to spoil them too hard, but this one, I'm sure you don't need to see it, but um, for, for what I've uh, been told, and well, I'm sure it's a fact, is that they, they what they did is they killed off John Connor, the, the boy, and who, who was the whole reason these movies existed, is, and they killed him off, and a Terminator just comes out of the blue, I guess, and just kills him as a boy. So they did that to replace him, John Connor, with a woman character that suddenly we need to care about. And also notice the all-female takeover. A new woman, Terminator, plus bringing back Sarah Connor. Again, doesn't matter that they are women. That doesn't bother me. But what they are doing is replacing the man hero with the woman again and again. And... Um, think about how much money these movie franchises are losing by not being true to the original material and pissing off the fans. Because people uh, like what they like from the past. And if you grew up when these movies came out, the originals, you would, if you saw another, you want it to continue with the heroes that you are invested in. And so that's, that's a problem. Um, and... I mean, even that happened a little bit with the newer Mad Max movie. I mean, yes, Mad Max is in, uh, you know, he's the, he's the main guy, but um, not w without the tough woman next to him, you know? And, and that wouldn't have happened uh, decades before. It, it didn't need to be there. It feels forced. It's there. And I've heard they are doing, going to make um, uh, Thor a girl. That's what I heard. You know, they're going to replace him with a girl, uh, character that's, you know, it's like, is that what we really need? And of course, they made Doctor Who female, just because, you know, we asked for it, right? And they, and they've even been talking about making James Bond a female. I mean, you know, come on, this is a character that was written that people go to see because it stays generally the same, all right? Should, I mean, you know, it's just getting to the point of like, okay, they're just pushing it too far, way too far, and they're not doing it for money. There's an agenda behind it all. I mean, should we make Snow White a man? Or should Cinderella be a man? Cinderfella? <laughs> or, or I know, the Little Merman. Let's make the Little Merman. Let's see what that would be like. Or, or should we make He-Man, She-Man? Or... Or uh, should we, we make Sleeping Beauty, Sleeping Rudy? It's about a guy, you know, he's fallen asleep and he's waiting for this, this charming princess to come kiss him and bring him back to life. Yeah, or we'll do a, re a remake of I Love Lucy to I Love Luke. Yeah, so let's, let's do that uh, while we're at it, huh? In reality, though, in reality, most women I know that I've talked to about this with, and I've talked to quite a few females about this, they want a strong male character. The, the reason why is that, you know, these are straight women I'm talking about, so is that they're attracted to males. They don't need to see a macho female as the main hero because that's not what they are attracted to, you know? That doesn't carry them through the movie. And just to be fair, who watches a lot of these action movies anyway? More so men. 
and then women. And so there's that. So there's the, 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 the neo-feminism being pushed in a lot of movies. And there's, there's probably a lot more, like the Charlie's Angels reboot I, I heard about that just bombed. So people don't even want this. They're not even, like, asking for it, but it's being pushed heavily, and people are noticing it. And there's a reason why, what I'll get into at the end of this, this show here. Okay, so then there's the homosexual programming. And I've talked to a lot of gay people and gay friends about this, and they think that it's even wrong. They're, they're not on board with what Hollywood's doing. They don't like how gay is being portrayed by Hollywood. They feel like, wait a minute, it's just a little too, too much. And so, um, in because of this, there are kids coming out gay all the time now, and that are too young to even know who they are, and too young to even make that decision yet. We're talking about preteens and even grade school that are coming out like, well, maybe I like the same sex. Or actually, I don't even know what gender I am. Maybe I'll be the other gender or one of the 64 other genders or whatever. What the fuck, you know? But we have to remember that we have to remember that entertainment is owned by the elite. And what TV and movies are there for to do besides entertain us is to make people conform. And I don't care if anyone is gay. That's your freedom, you know? That's what you want to do. But how it's being pushed, it's also not natural. It's, it's, not, it's not right. I mean, going back to The Rise of Skywalker, at the end of Rise of Skywalker, a little tidbit they just threw in there, they decided to have two lesbians kiss. And it's been put on purpose to normalize. And it's being put there. Well, I'll show you the effect of that in a minute here. Um, so... Um, uh, there is a show that I really have enjoyed more than I thought I would. It's called Cobra Kai, and it's the remake of the, uh, that bird's really loud. Let me see if I can go a little away from it. All right. Well, anyway, um, yeah, Cobra Kai is a remake. Well, not a remake. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a show based on 35 years later from the Karate Kid characters. And I like the series. It's well-written, and they pay homage to the original Karate Kids, and the characters of Johnny and Daniel are awesomely claiming their old characters, and, and it fits really well. It's, it's a pretty solid show, actually. And the show follows the rival from the 80s, mainly Johnny. So it's it's kind of his turn to shine in this this series, and there's and there's there's a lot to like about him because he's so flawed, he's so stuck in the eighties, and that's what's cool about him because you like that uh, that he's just like not getting these times, and I think that a lot of people from that generation, my generation, and things like that are kind of you know can side with him and be like yeah, even though we know that he's totally stuck in the past, it's cool, and I hope they don't change that about him, but. Anyway, what I'm getting to here is one of the minor characters in this show, this girl, who is dating one of the Cobra Kai students, his name is Hawk, breaks up with Hawk in the second series and starts dating a girl. In this particular scene, you have Hawk he's, and he's talking with this other kid, uh, talking about the new Doctor Who, who is now a girl, and it's awesome. Uh, well, I've heard otherwise, but yeah, you know, I um, never really watched that show, but I know that fans are pissed, right? But anyway, um, there's throwing that in, and then suddenly Hawk's ex-girlfriend comes out in the room in this house party setting and sees the other girl, and they kiss right in front of Hawk. And the show acts as if it's normal. It acts as if, well, it's it's fine, you know, and, the, and, the, and, 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 and it's just the way it is. That's programming. That was put in there deliberately. You know, it doesn't have to be there, but it was put in there. And like again, I don't care if someone's gay. I just it's just been put in and forced in. And this is the so that's that's what they've been putting in, and this is what's been happening. So I know I have um, uh, a friend that has some kids, and his son was dating a girl in the sixth grade. This is the sixth grade, and they were, you know, going out, you know, just, you know, as sixth graders date, which isn't much, you know, holding hands probably. And then she breaks up with them because she doesn't know what gender she is yet, but I think she wants to 
but she thinks she wants women instead. So that was never a thing that would have happened without this kind of pre-programming, putting into things like this, for an example, and many other things. It's now okay. Well, we'll get into why all, why all this programming is happening. All right, in this little bit. But Stranger Things, uh, another show that I watched. I I enjoyed Stranger Things. I also liked it. It, it feels like Goonies, Ghostbusters, and E.T. wrapped up in up into one really, and it and it captures the eighties well down to the really good details, and it feels like the eighties. They they did a really remarkable, remarkable job on doing that. Um, so I enjoy I enjoy Stranger Things. It it's good, uh, uh, you know, as entertainment. But notice all these throwbacks to the eighties. Why the eighties? Because what they're basically doing is they're taking the generation of people that are adults now, 30s, mainly 40s and up, um, and they're, they're trashing the original heroes we had, and it's like they're replacing it, and they're, you know, and, well, anyway, this is an original thing, it's different, but you notice how many throwbacks to the 80s. The 80s had a lot of good ideas and creativity. Notice how there's not anymore, too. But anyway, going to Stranger Things. So during the third season, all right, there's a newer girl character. Um, geez, I should remember her name, but it doesn't matter so much. Um, she confides confides with uh, Steve, who is the older kid in this series, um, that she likes women. And he's a little bit shocked, but he, re- he, he reacts like it's really no big deal because we think that he's she's going to try to, you know, date him. And then she's like, no, actually, I like women. And, you know, okay. But then again, here it is, the programming. And if we're going to be exact to the 80s, and it's, which this show did a really good job, that's not how it all, it would all go at all. Because homosexuality, homo, homosexuality wasn't accepted then hardly at all. I mean... This is what the kid would have done in the 80s. He would have reacted like, gross! And really, the girl would have kept that as her darkest secret because she know she would know that that's not accepted. And that's how it was back then, you know? Sorry, just the way it was, you know? And if you were found out as gay in the 80s or even the 90s, you would probably get harassed. And really, as a guy, you'd probably get beat up. Seriously, it, that's how it was. The 80s were harsh like that. 90s too, but... But Hollywood has this agenda that it must put in these things. So in any of those realities, whether it's neo-feminism, homosexuality, or some type of gender-bending programming in anything big now. They can't leave anything alone. And And it's an agenda, and everyone is noticing it. I mean, why would the world, you know, want to see homosexual roles dominate in a world that is only in America, which is the highest percent in the world, 3.8% gay, you know? And, and, and that, is in a, that is, in, this is the most acceptant part of the world, all right? So why would we, and how, how artificially has the, the um, turnaround been, you know? It wasn't accepted that long ago, and now it's, just been, it's been turned around by media, not by society, but by media, that's always important to remember. But yeah, but, you know, so about 3% of America is homosexual, all right? Well, what else is, uh, what else is 3% of the U.S. population? Polish. Polish people. 3% of America is of Polish descent. Now, yeah, gay is not an ethnicity, but just saying here, why aren't they pushing Polish customs in Hollywood movies if they're going to push 3% so hard? I mean, we need to put more Poles in movies, right? <laughs> But seriously, uh, it's being pushed artificially, and it's for an agenda. And see, I get that people want to put diversity in films. I mean, we've seen dominant white males in roles since film began. And I like seeing it as a change, too. I mean, if but only if it works correctly. And is, and is everything... Uh, and everything just naturally feels good... And and it it works. You you know it. You don't even think twice about it. But when it's forced, you go, 
there's something in your subconscious that sets it off. I'm like, eh, you know, it's just not quite, okay, I guess I'll accept it. That's, that's something you got to pay attention to, the little things. And there's constantly pushing the agenda that there's male toxicity and that white male privilege is the bad thing. And let, let me say, is that making the playing field equal? They do it in the guise of equality and promoting the put-down minority. So we just keep putting white males down, or males in general, this, this issue isn't being looked at in the right light. If we were trying to really do something about this, it wouldn't go down like this. And sure, I agree that the white man destroyed the entire indigenous world and conquered the world in a very warped worldview oftentimes. I mean, they came in like, like aliens. They didn't know how to live on this planet properly. And, but we're not seeing the, the, the right picture. What about large swaths of America, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, that are, are white people struggling to get by? You're not really shown this. Uh, you know, and we're all debt slaves now. Don't forget that those aren't privileged people that you're, we're, you're um, not seeing in the media as much. These people are just normal, people that are barely above water, the same as everyone else. And sure, sure, I get super annoyed by the mentality of some white Americans. In fact, I get enraged by upper-class, spoiled, isolated, dumbed-down, consumer, selfish white Americans. Same with British and many others. I, I get annoyed with that. Upper-class contributors of the system. I mean, they are responsible for a lot of things. But it's not white male toxicity that's doing this to the world. It's contributing... It's contributing to a system that is constantly lying to us and molding our brains that's, and that is taking us captive. That's what we need to be thinking about. But one of the biggest points to make here is that they are controlling the narrative. And there is a wall. And you can't say anything, anything outside that wall or different to the popular narrative or you're not righteous, basically. And they act like the popular narrative has it right. and Everyone is evil that doesn't think so. And that's that's a real problem here. That's a, that's a, a real problem that this conversation can't even be around. And 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 people often label you quickly, you know. And you can't just be a free thinker in this world without being pigeonholed into one category or another, you know. Diversity in film is fine with me. It's it's not if if it's not part of an agenda, it's great. Um, I mean, we've seen the great white hero forever, but if we didn't focus on race so much, it wouldn't really matter, and that's where we actually would get somewhere. I mean, you know, um, I've heard a lot of people say, when people say, uh, or, you know, it's been in the media, or um, people are talking about, let's make James Bond a black guy, just because we want to turn an already existing role more diverse and that's forced. I, I love diversity. I live in Hawaii. Lots of cultures have, have mixed here. I, I like seeing different ethnicities than just one homogenized culture. I think it really adds spice. But make James Bond a black guy because the actor best fits the role, not just because we need that for what reason, right? Or better yet, Make a new character for a black actor that works better within that role because James Bond was written as a white British male that that does what he does, like him or hate him. But, you know, and, and let's be honest and take a look here at race. Let, let's look at race. I mean, it's not, it's, it's just the way it is. We just got to face reality here. America is 72% white. So is Canada. Same thing. The UK is 81% white. Australia, 92%. New Zealand, 74%. Uh, you know, that's the main Western world. I mean, France, 85%, you know. But, so if you're not white in these countries, you are a minority. That's just the way it is. I live in Honolulu. 65% of Honolulu is Asian. If you're not Asian, which is really many subcultures like Chinese, Japanese, Koreans, Filipinos, you know, Thai and, you know, a lot, a lot of people within there that are not all the same at all. But just saying, 
if if you're not Asian, then you're a minority here. So that's just the way it is. Whatever culture is the majority is going to have the upper hand on anything wherever you live. It doesn't have to be looked at as wrong necessarily. It's just what it is. If you go to China and you're Irish, you're a minority, you know? Take a look at Bollywood. 79% of India is Hindu Indian, so most actors are going to be Indian. Just the way it is. This media culture focuses on race way too much anyway when we don't, we become more colorblind and just more acceptant. And I think the 70s was actually a better time than now because there was less segregated TV programming. As I've gone over before, everybody watched Sanford and Son. Everybody watched the Jeffersons. Everybody watched uh, the programming uh, of all sorts of races in that time period, and there wasn't these segregated channels and all that, too. But enough on all that. Let's get into the why this is all happening. So you have all this programming fitting into our favorite TV shows and movies. You know, it's being constantly pushed, and everyone's noticing it, so... Why is this happening? We are being led down a path of manipulation. They've been taking all of your favorite movies and they've rewritten them with propaganda to accept it easier. And what entertainment is used for, we always need to come back to that, is creating cultural norms. We have to always remember that when watching shows and movies, it's about conformity. It's about creating people putting people on the same page with neo-feminism it's real simple they want to make the man less powerful and take him out of take him out uh psycho- psychologically they want to take him out so they are not as much of a threat physically men that's what toxic masculinity is about i mean you know sure there is such thing as toxic masculinity men beating their wives men being dominant and being ignorant idiots yeah, I get that, but just a regular man, you know, taking them out, taking them out, because an emasculated population is a controlled one. Men are the warriors. Men are the people that are the ones that are going to put up a fight when the system starts clamping down, because men, they're afraid of men. Men are the real physical threat that the system has. They can tear a lot of shit down. There's a war on masculinity, but there's also a war equally on femininity. And we need to pay attention to both of that because the sacred masculine and feminine are both being destroyed. And they're not being treated as sacred. And when you destroy both, you destroy family. And what's a good good exhibit of that? Exhibit A is the Western world right here. The destroyed family. And look at what a destroyed family does. Look at, look at our population of so many people who are are messed up one way or another. I've noticed that these urban yuppie families always get divorced. I mean, almost everyone does now, and that's just how it is, but these hipster guys with little masculinity, basically milk toast, are, are not subconsciously attracted to their females because... The women are just too dominating and strong. Even though the women are are so against the strong male from the old days, they still, deep down, they want a real man to satisfy their natural instincts, and their emasculated partners are not doing that. So the, the things that happen in nature are changing, and w- that because of all this, this, this culture coming in, we're seeing that. So... Uh, they divorce a lot of these couples. They divorce and quote unquote co parent, live down the street from each other, and then sometimes even date the same sex. You know, I've seen it, I've seen it in many, many, many times. I've seen it here, but I've seen it mostly in Seattle and Portland and San Francisco and places like that where you have these really, and that's just urban yuppies, but you know, you have these situations that happen like that because they're not attracted to each other because they're not satisfying their natural instincts of what a real man and a real woman is. But women are now competing with men instead of partnering with them. And that's that's um, what's also being pushed in there, that whole competition. It's being forced, and Hollywood is playing the long game here. 
And what it is, is the road to accepting transhumanism. It's a long game. It, you know, if they can get us to quit caring about our sexuality, then next they get us to stop even caring about gender. And we can be whatever we want to be. You can be anything. Yeah, I see that in small bits in film, like the latest Jason Bourne movie. You know, there's four in that... that The fourth one, which wasn't quite as good as the others, in my opinion. Uh, the other three were pretty solid, and then they made this one later, if you remember. It's just called Jason Bourne. But the main girl character that works for the CIA, uh, she's a Swedish actress, I forget her name, it, and is, is so gender neutral that there's nothing feminine or masculine about her. She's just an, more like an it. And I'm, I'm sure that was pushed in there. And all, and then so, also the homosexual push. I'm also I'm sure that there is a push to get people to be homosexual so they don't procreate. I'm sure that's part of population control. Um, that's one thing that they also wouldn't mind too. I'm sure it's like more of a byproduct. But whatever they can, whatever the elite can do to break up the family, whatever they can do to alter the natural human. And it's working. I mean, it's really working on a number of levels. And, um, you know, they get you through entertainment. It's, it's the way they can do that, that whatever they can to take what's natural and twist it and morph it the best they can. Because that's really the end game, too, of this New World Order, if you want to call it that. is the fact that it's the war against nature and what's natural. But now little kids are being told that they can make up whatever gender they are. You just be whatever you want. And there's this 50-year-old man who, th I don't know if he's 50, but he's an older man who thinks he's an 8-year-old girl. So what, we can just, you know, be whoever we want to be? Yeah, you can be whoever you want to be. You have the freedom to do that. But there is reality. He's not 8 and he's a man. That's just that simple. It's just, you know, you are confined to this reality. And I wouldn't trust that guy playing with my kids. Jeez. Oh, man. But they're, they are prepping the world to not care about gender. Because if you can't relate to gender, then what are you? And what's available everywhere? Technology. Everyone has these devices, and it's constantly on them and using them. So you start to identify with the machines more than your gender or anything else. And the elite, they play the long game. The kids of today is who they are targeting the hardest. You and me, you know, if you're 30s or 40s or, you know, even 20s probably, are not going to accept this gender bending, but it's not a big deal to today's generation of kids. You and me may not take a chip in our brain or go to Neuralink or whatever, uh, but it's not that big of a deal to kids who grew up with this technology. And that's why I know that this whole climate alarmist mentality that I covered in the last episode, that the climate is going to melt down in 10 years, that's why I know it's bullshit. Because they are prepping the world for a future way beyond this, and it's the transhumanism future. They're pre preparing the world to be transhuman. And people have got to be around for this, so it's obviously not going to melt down this planet. This whole woke social justice warrior culture is not even awake at all. They don't know what the fuck is going on with the world and who really runs it. Woke is like a slap in the face because it's sleep. That's what it is. It's a sleep culture. I mean, lack of better words to replace it. But this whole movement really needs to be ousted like a bad tribe member is ostracized and abandoned by the rest of his tribe. Same thing. Because it's not doing humanity any favor. It's only making division worse, making families break up. It's not good. And, you know, um, I don't actually think that most of this programming is going to go over well because nature does always win. But if you want to get mad about things, you know, this whole social justice warrior culture, woke culture, whatever you want to call it. it if you want to, you know, they want to get mad. They're, they're upset about things. You want to get mad about things? 
How about getting mad about being lied to constantly and deceived by the media, your schools, all the institutions of society? How about being kept from higher consciousness? How about being a wage slave, going to work every day? Why aren't you mad about that? You know, why don't you get mad about um, having to wake up every day and go to somewhere you don't want to go? You know, how about take your your uh, freedom taken away? How about that, huh? How about you being surveyed everywhere? How about them spraying your skies? Why aren't you mad about that stuff? Well, they're not mad about this stuff because they're not informed. They're they're funneling their anger through something that's already been put there, so. They don't see the real truth. Besides, people in third world countries laugh at the plights of this social justice warrior culture. I mean, um, these are nothing compared to that. The, the, you know, how about give thanks for what you do have? I mean, these are a bunch of privileged, spoiled brats screaming about equality when people can't even get fresh water that's not contaminated and that's that's giving them diarrhea and, and all kinds of issues. And, you know, people are getting upset about these little things that actually don't even matter and are not even natural, you know. So give thanks for being able to eat, stay warm, have water, fresh water, and just live and live a good full life. So anyway, but just to wrap it up, there is no shortage of programming being thrown at you. It always has been there. It's more aggressive and obvious now. But it's always been there since the inception of, of television, telling you a vision in your living room. And so be careful of what you are ingesting because it is weaponized. And it's there for the purpose of conformity. It's there to keep you uh, into a locked mind to where you cannot break free. It's there to open. It's there when your mind is open on Alpha State to take in the things that they want to, to you to take in and to grow within your... your uh, your mind as normal, right? So it's time to um, really look at that. And you can enjoy entertainment. Once you know that, then you can go back to it and go, oh yeah, there's some programming, you know? And that's what I've been doing. And that's that's what I've been doing for the last year or so with a lot of this entertainment that's come out. But yeah, you know, not enough said. Television, visions, not enough said. There's, there's so much programming that has gone into your life to make you who you are. And you really have to separate that from who you really are. And that's the most important message within this whole mini-series of shows, always. Um, and I'll continue to do this mini-series of shows because I feel like there's just on and on. I can, you know, I could do a part two to just this little thing right here. But the, the important thing to look at here, too, is that um, this stuff is in all of our films and shows and it's got an end game transhumanism is the end game even if it doesn't seem like it but you got to break down the male the strong male you got to uh gender bend you got to get people to not care about sexuality and all these other things in order to really conform with the machine and it's there and technology is heavily taking over our lives and we we really need to be wary and pay attention to that. I'm not against technology, but I'm against what it's being used for, and mostly what it's being used for is our demise. So, chant it down. Uh, be a warrior, not a warrior. Uh, more shows to come this year. I uh, have guests that will come. I hope that um, it is going to be a promising year. It's started off pretty crazy, and we'll see where things are going, you know, and it's... Uh, Time to keep your eyes open and be very vigilant. And, uh, you know, if you can help support the show, I can do it more often. So if you have that uh, ability, please go to the website, the support page. Uh, it helps tremendously. And uh, if you uh, would have any guest suggestions or you'd like me to guest on a show somewhere, feel free to write me at peoplebeyondthis at gmail.com. I'm out. Well, Chant It Down Radio in 2020, I guess I'll be giving you more of the same. Uh, just giving you more of what hopefully you want to hear this year. If you have topics, suggestions, guests, always contact me, peoplebeyondthis at gmail.com. But yeah, this year, what's in store for Chant It Down Radio is 
more of going to be kind of off the fly because I didn't plan out this year as much as I have other years, but I still have a lot of the same subject matter. I'm going to be giving you, uh, going to be giving you more uh, in-depth look at some of the things we already talk about and uh, kind of go all, all over the place. So I'll keep this year sort of a mystery as I usually do with my New Year's show. I always tell you, you know, what the year is going to be like. Well, I don't know. And that goes with this year's predictions. I don't know what it's going to be like. 2020. Uh, things are pretty critical and it's a crazy time to be alive. I can tell you that. And, uh, well, you know, if we can make it through the, this uh, and uh, come out the other side okay and unscathed, then, uh, well, it's just more life experience. But right now, it's uh, pretty unpredictable times. And I can only say I don't know if I have a crystal ball for the future, but I would say that those of us in the know that know the truth, we have uh, a heavy walk ahead of us uphill but it doesn't mean that it's all gloom and doom life is beautiful there's a lot of beautiful things to know and and uh find out and experience in this life and it's great and there's still beautiful things to see and experience and go on that limb don't go on the gloom and doom but just know what's happening and free yourself and be yourself and keep achieving your goals